I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. That's what's expected. Um, you know, conditioning yourself. Uh, you know, Mike T always likes to say big man running, little man hitting. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's something we pride ourselves on, um, and everybody's got to be responsible for it. You know, Captain Cam is speaking the truth, and this is what it mounts to. When you have a game where you go five quarters, when you have a game where three people on the defense uh, went 100 snaps and a fourth one went one short of 100 snaps, it tells you something about what you got to do job one all this week. And a little bit of rest, relaxation, and restoration goes a long ways towards getting the conditioning that you need to get in condition to uh, overcome the conditioning you went through. The past weekend, and I'm joined in the locker room today by one of our ninjas, of course, Wes Euler. Wes, welcome to the locker room, my friend, although you're no stranger because you're here every day anyhow. <laughs> What's up, Wolf? Well, excited, you know, excited to be with you here on a Friday. Well, it is. It's a great day. Fridays are just, they're magical, you know? I always love Fridays because it was the start to walking the zone to the kickoff. Hmm. You know, you got Friday and your mind starts to turn uh, towards the game on a 24-7 basis. You try to hold it off towards the end of the week. You're always thinking about it. You go through your mental gymnastics as the week unfolds, going through your notes, watching film, doing all those things, getting it done. Even even when you're in the in the, in the the weight room, you're doing your bench presses, your squatations, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're in there, and in the middle of it, you know, playing Dallas Cowboys, I'm thinking Randy White, Randy White. When he's up close, when he's in that flex defense and he's up forward, he likes likes to come off and, and just elka bong you with the headbutt, but Bo, but he's in the bow. Back off the ball. He's going to give you the head fake swim. And so I'm in my mind, it's all going. But part of the whole thing, the process, not just the mental preparation, it's about getting all your rest in. And it's that's something that people, a lot of people don't understand. You got to be able to get your rest in. As the great Joe Green once said to all the young guys one time, Confetti's used to be a nightclub that, that w- was frequented by a lot of young people <laughs> back in the day in the 80s, right? And, and Joe Green said, the light's a little too low 
to be able to study your playbook at Confetti's. <laughs> and that was just Joe telling you, you make sure you don't spend much time there because you need to be paying attention doing your due diligence. No, you got to be careful, Wolf, especially in this modern era, right, where these these players are more accessible than ever, right? I mean, oh, yeah. they're on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and everything. They're asked to do X, Y, and Z appearances all the time at, at all different types of, of places. Um, you have to be careful not to burn that candle too much at both ends, right? Because obviously we, we want these guys active in the community, and we – don't want to, you know, do the oh, just stay home 24-7, watch films, study your playbook, don't have a life, right? Never do anything outside of football. But at the same time, you, you have got to strike that balance, as you mentioned, too, particularly after you just had that slugfest for, for you know, 70 minutes in Cincinnati. That is a, a heck of a way to start your season. And, you know, it's it's probably – there's some good to that, certainly, that, you know, you get thrown into the fire and, and right away you got to, you know, you got to get it all together. But at the same time, you don't want to be wearing yourself out when you've still got 16 games to go. Uh, yeah, rest, relaxation, uh, shutting the, yourself down and recharging those batteries, I'm sure was a, a big onus, a big talking point this week. It's It's got to be. I mean, again, you think about the guys that went century mark in the snaps, right? And then you think about the heavy hoofers, you know, uh, uh Five reps on a heavy hoofer yeah. are more than 10, 20 reps on one of them uh, scat back uh, light guys out <laughs> in the other end, you know? Sure. I mean, when, you, when you're 300-plus bills, okay, that it takes a lot more energy and, and juice and cellular whatever, you know, the mitochondria is connected to the hip bone and all that sort of sure, thing. Sure, sure. And, and, you know, I, you know, getting technical about it, <laughs> you know. You sound like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> Yeah, I I just remember I remember one time we played in Cleveland, and whenever we played Cleveland, see Chuck being from Cleveland, Chuck having coached for Cleveland, Chuck got all wound up about Cleveland when we played them. Okay, mm -hmm. so the week before, we would have sometimes we actually had uh, one one period one time where we had nearly uh, uh, like 80 reps in, in practice. It was ridiculous. Jeez. Oh, it was just, I mean, in, in the one goal line situation, remember, these are all padded practices too, okay? We actually had ran over 25 plays in one goal line. It was just ridiculous, you know? So we hit the, the Browns uh, Municipal Stadium. We come out for warm-ups. You go down through the tunnels where all the baseball players relieve themselves. Uh, you know, it didn't go up to the locker room. They'd just go into the tunnel behind the dugout and then, you know, take care of business. Well, we come, we come through, and it smells bad. Then you got to walk out the <laughs> dugout. You go onto that field. We're jogging towards the dog pound in the days of yours. I'm jogging with Chaluch. Tunch Ilkin and I were making – I said to Tunch, I said, go – I go, Tunch, do you, do you see my legs? I go, my legs were here earlier in the week, but I can't feel my legs right now because we had such a wicked week of practice. Cool. It was it was unbelievable. And I'm sitting there going, I'm in trouble, man. My legs are already tired. Yeah. You know? You, you've got you, you've to maintain that shape, right? And you do want to – you need to test yourself at the same time. But, again, there's there's a tightrope to walk there because you need some juice left in those legs, particularly for you <laughs> you big 300-pounders out there, you know? Yeah, no, and, and, and you know, too, it's, it's early in the season. 
it was not at first in Cincinnati because it was a little overcast and there was some rain in that first half, but the sun came out in the second half. It got hot. It got humid. Yes. You look at the re- weather reports in Pittsburgh this weekend, it's supposed to be hot. It's always humid around here. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to really make sure you're staying hydrated, make sure you're getting right. your, your proper rest and recovery and all those things. Um because I, I tell you what, we, we can't have guys cramping. We can't have guys dropping off out there. We're going we're gonna to need all hands on deck on Sunday against New England. Well, cramping is, man, that's so bad. Oh. <laughs> As somebody who has landed in the hospital on a couple of occasions from cramps. You got to hydrate, Wolf. Oh, I know, but they didn't. You know, you think you're hydrating. It's a little different now. I learned how to hydrate properly in training camp about, about my fourth year when I said, all right, to heck with this. I've had a couple incidences where, you know, I – you, you, you drink so much fluid, you're, like, stuffed. You know what I mean? Right, you don't even right. want to eat. You know? So then so then I just realized, okay, I'm going to get these uh, quart things from, uh, I don't know, some Tupperware thing that I had. <laughs> and every night in, in, during the meetings, I drank nearly a gallon of water. Wow. And that's how I started to be able to rehydrate correctly. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. You got to do this every night? Jeez. Did, yeah. you guys, did you guys have, like, Pedialyte and stuff back in your day, or was that not around yet? <sighs> They had some sort of electrolyte substance, okay. but I, I don't remember if it was Pedialyte or Old guy light or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or just here, take this, quick, yeah. drink this. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I remember, I think it was, we had Orange Gatorade that was like, okay. was the big deal back sure. then. Sure. Then suddenly they came with lemon lime and I remember going, lemon lime, wow, yeah. we got a choice. <laughs> we got two flavors. <laughs> Right. You know, and that was on the heels of the guys before me who years, some years before me, they weren't even giving them a water break, you oh know? Gosh. Oh, yeah, gosh. Oh, so. gosh. Yeah, I remember, and I, I know I've told you this. I don't know how many of the locker room listeners know this here, but I uh, my first job out of college, I worked for a hockey team in Ohio. Okay. And we would get on the bus on game days, you know, from the hotel or wherever to, to go to the arena. And our trainer would get on the bus with, like, a case of Pedialyte. Really? And he would just be walking down the aisles, throwing it to the guys, going, hydration cannot be a factor. Hydration <laughs> cannot be. Just chucking Pedialyte all around the bus. <laughs> oh, and I just remember, we, we probably should have said from the top, uh, Max is in Disney World. Or yeah, is what it a, Disney? No, well, it's Disney, Disneyland out Disneyland. there. In okay. The California version, right? Oh, California. Right? That's right. Oh, yeah, come on. you got to go to Disneyland. Come yes. on. <laughs> I... You gotta get through the chopper. Come All on, right. they're yes. taking the family to Disney. What you, what's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, but anyhow, Max is on uh, reconnaissance over in Disneyland or Disney World. Wait a minute, what'd you just say? I think it's Disney. Uh, hold on it, here. How about now, Disney now I need West? To, no, no, Disney West. There you go. That's so. Close Disney enough. World is in Florida. Disneyland okay. is in California. All right, so there it's we go. Disneyland. He's there he taking the his daughters. Yeah. yeah. So I, I salute him. That's a great could, dad. Could I be ad- adopted by Max for the day? Is it, is it too late to work that out? You know, you know, I, I love Disney World. You know, Same I mean, here. it was just, it was just so much fun to, you know, you go hang out there and stuff, and they, you know, you got good snackerations everywhere you turn. Have you, you ever know? you gone to Epcot down there and oh, just yeah. walked around and get get a little snack at all the different Absolutely. nations and everything? You go, yeah, oh. you can go around the world. And around the world, around. maybe some maybe some cold beverages in there as well too from time to time. But yeah, I 
It's been a well, while. you got to stay hydrated. Got, We've been you, talking about hydration. <laughs> got to stay hydrated. <laughs> it's been probably 10 to 12 years since I've been there, but, you know, we got an 11-month-old daughter now, so I'm sure in the next couple years we'll be making our way down there to Orlando. It is, it's just such a neat place. I've never been to the Animal Kingdom. I haven't seen that Oh, yet. it's pretty sweet. My, my kids have. They say it's all cool and everything else, and they like that Yeti ride. I go, was that a real Yeti or what? Did you see something now? <laughs> and it's, you know, they, they they got that one roller coaster and stuff like that. So, But regardless, okay, speaking of a roller coaster, the restoration and uh, rest and relaxation they need to have. You know, Mike Tomlin, I think, has done a great job of, uh, number one, I see him all the time talking to the players. You know, and like yesterday he threw, he threw Cam a um, Veterans Day off. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, to me, that's one of the strengths of Mike. Because he is so in tune individually with just about each and every guy on that team, with each and every guy on that team, that you know he makes some really good choices. Uh, he came out; they they were in uh, what uh, t-shirts and uh, ball cap on yep. Wednesday. Then yesterday they uh, were basically—I mean, it was the same. They had helmets on and stuff like that, and and uh, you know maybe the shells or something. But the point was, um, they they've been getting that that restoration and they looked they looked snappy yesterday man they were they got a lot of vim and vigor <laughs> no, they do i'm sure hey um you know a, a win like they had in cincinnati i think that puts a little pep in your step throughout the week and then you, you no know you're, you're looking ahead not only is it the home opener but it's the evil empire and and yeah you know the uh Darth Vader isn't there at the Evil Empire anymore, but uh, but but the Emperor Palpatine is is certainly still at the is helm. Is that what that dude's name was? Yeah, Palpatine. Uh, I couldn't remember. Yes. Oh Lord Vader. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's there's no t- you know a, a lot of the cast of characters has changed except for Bill Belichick, but I think still home opener, New England Patriots. Uh, that'll that'll get your blood going. That'll put some pep in your step for sure. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, historically, you think about the emphasis of uh, that that is put on each Patriot Steelers matchup. I mean, sometimes I, you you know you go back to uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, you know when uh, wh- who was it that uh, didn't did he have the catch or not the tight end Jesse James? Oh yeah, Jesse James, <laughs> the outlaw Jesse James, the outlaw course. Jesse James. You know that came down to that. You know, I mean, it, there they, they seems to be some significance in so many Steelers Patriots matchups. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it is wild. And uh, I, I got to say, I enjoy it. And the fact is, I can always hate on Bill Belichick because he cut my brother in Cleveland. Oh, there you, know? you go. I mean, I mean, that's family honor. Ronnie? Okay? Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie got cut by, by Belichick in Cleveland. Oh, what, a, know, what uh, a jerk, I tell oh, you. Yeah, it was just, how, how could you do that, could Billy you, that's, boy? That's why Bill Belichick's tenure in Cleveland didn't end so well, is because he let go of Ronnie. If he would have kept Ronnie around. <laughs> if he'd he, have kept Ronnie, he'd have been fine. He'd have been winning <laughs> Super Bowls in Cleveland, although I guess for us here in Pittsburgh, that, that probably worked out better that they happened in New England and not in Cleveland. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I got a fun, fun, uh, fun little trivia for you here, Wolf. Okay, you got something in trivial. I do. Now that we're on this this topic, do you know the last time the Steelers and the Patriots played without either Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger under center? Whoa. Oof. I don't have a clue. <laughs> 1998. Really? And the quarterbacks were Cordell Stewart and Eric Bledsoe. And 
That's the last time that the two teams have met without either Ben or Brady getting a start. Because there were a couple no times kidding. in there, you know, where Ben was hurt or where Brady was hurt. But it's the first time since 98 that the Patriots and the Steelers are going to play without either Brady or Ben under center for one of the teams. So you had Cordell Stewart and Drew Bledsoe. And Drew, yeah, I said Eric Bledsoe. Sorry, that's the basketball player, Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> Oh, I thought maybe it was his brother or something. No, he's a, he is a basketball player. <laughs> yeah, you know, all these sports, they run together. Yes, Drew Bledsoe. Thank you for, for saving me there. Uh, 1998. Slash, no kidding. Slash versus Bledsoe. That was the last time 24 years ago. Schnikes, Batman. That's a long time. That's crazy, isn't it? That is. You think about that. It's, My goodness. Uh, it, it speaks to, you know, how... How long this matchup? I mean, for for the last two decades, was a was a mainstay, was a much must watch, was you know quite often like you said, uh, huge ramifications, playoff implications, uh, seating and, and division title implications. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a little different without without seven or, or twelve trotting out there uh, in the huddle for for their respective teams. Yeah, that's very interesting, man. Because again, that just sets the stage for all the great. You know, uh, games that have been played yep. between these two clubs. And I remember back in, in the AFC Championship game when we were in uh, Rhode Island and uh, the night before the game, and somebody pulled the fire alarm. Oh, jeez. And everybody, remember those pictures started showing up? Yep. Of, you know, this hotel's new uh, electrician. And he's looks like <laughs> the guy's dressed like Bill, it's Bill Belichick in some, you know, civvies or some some electrician <laughs> uniform, you know, you know, with the hat. Yep, and yep. dressed like he's Steely McBeam or something <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious, you know. I mean, they go out and do that. Oh, it was, so it was, uh, it was 1998. The last time these teams played the Steelers, oh, sorry, last time these teams played without Brady or without Ben. Seven to six was the final score. The Steelers <laughs> won, Wolf. Real, real barn burner there, I tell you. That, that was a real barn burner. There's no doubt about it, man. <laughs> uh, Drew Bledsoe, uh, let's see, 264 yards and two interceptions. Cordell Stewart, 134 yards and one interception. Four total turnovers wow. by New England. In that's that game, lot. that's uh, that, that's a lot there. Certainly, Cordell also ran for 68 yards and a touchdown. The Steelers' only touchdown of the day. Four turnovers, and you want to know the best part, Wolf? What's that? Mike Vrabel leading the way for the Steelers' defense. No kidding, Vrabes. <laughs> Vrabes, yeah. Vrabes with a big sack there. Uh, I tell you what, it's funny looking over looking over the box score here and seeing Vrabel on the on the side. Uh, Jerry O was out there for the Steelers as right. well too. Um, Carnell Lake had a had a big game. It looks like here, looking at the box score. Isn't that interesting? That's uh, that's funny. Well, here's the thing about it, because you know what the 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 Pats are minus three and in, in uh, you know uh, plus minus. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they they had some turnover issues going against the the Miami Dolphins down there. It's it's an interesting game when you watch what was going on. It was like supposedly. It was 92 degrees at kickoff, which Jeez. I guess uh, that makes it feel like it's over 100 degrees on the field. Sure, especially down there in Miami. Yeah, and you you know you see big guys like uh, you talk about uh, Trent Brown. I mean, cool. six foot eight, 380 pounds. Well, some list them at 370, some at 380. I guess it depends on whether you catch them before or after breakfast, <laughs> yeah. or what was for breakfast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh you know, you're right. Uh I'm looking right now. It looks like the lines moved a little bit. Patriots now 2 point favorites 
um, mm. according to uh, according to to Las Vegas. Um, but according to the Football Power Index, Wolf, the Steelers have a fifty-two percent chance of winning. So how about that? Fifty-two to forty-eight. I think it's bigger <laughs> than that. I think that's going to move by the time we get to kickoff at one o'clock Sunday, man. I think so too, because you know we we've talked a lot too about the you know the Steelers. Obviously, we know T.J. Watt's not going to play. Najee Harris is a little banged up. Mason Cole, uh, Levi Wallace as well too, right? Uh, but you, you look at the Patriots as well, too. Uh, Ty Montgomery, their wide receiver, just got placed on IR. Mac Jones is listed as questionable. Trent Brown is listed as questionable. Uh, Jawan Bentley, their linebacker, listed as questionable. And then one of their running backs, Pierre Strong, as well, too, listed as questionable. So uh, not just the Steelers who are you know trying to figure out some some injury concerns heading into this one either. Well, you're exactly right. And one of the things that that also goes into the equation is just what the Steelers are facing. In some ways, that's what the Patriots are are facing because they had to dig deep. And you're in 100-plus degree temperature. uh, You got issues. You know, that that sucks a lot of the juice out of your body. That sucks a lot of the desire to fight out of your body. So I'm sure they're going through the same sort of rest, relaxation, and restoration plans that the Steelers are. And so I think, you know, all, all being told, it's probably, um, you know, it's it's an even match there. Yeah, I, I think so too. And <laughs> you know what? That seems how it's like when, when these two teams play. Somebody's always down, somebody important, and there's always something going on. But you know when the when the ball kicks off, it's uh, I think we were all expecting a, a tight game, a, a one score game, and you know one of those that could come down to like we saw in Cincinnati last possession. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's step aside, my man, because we got when we come back, we got to clean up the mess on aisle five. What is that? You say? Well, we'll tell you when we come back. We are SNR. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Limited on penalties. Uh, I think we, we functioned well out of the huddle and, and pre-snap. Um, we could obviously be cleaner in a lot of places, but to come out of Cincinnati with a win um, and, and opening the season like that is, is huge for us. It's hard to win in this league, and it's hard to win on the road in this league. Um, so it doesn't matter how you get them, as long as you get them. Of course, that's Mason Cole talking about the cleanup on aisle five that occurred in Cincinnati. And that would have to be the eight penalties that were flagged on the Steelers for 59 yards. And, Wes, that's something that against – and especially, you got to, like, uh, put it in context. Against a Patriots team, a Bill Belichick-coached Patriots team that is generally one of the least penalized in the NFL – um, you've got to make sure that you are doing everything you can do to make sure that you're not getting penalized, whether it's pre-snap, post-snap, uh, you know, um, the cost of doing business, those sorts of things. You've got to make sure that you get it right because that this is going to be a game, in my mind, it's like uh, whoever's going to make the least amount of mistakes um, come, uh, you know, 1 o'clock Sunday at the AccraSure Stadium. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that's well said. You know, Wolf, we can we can debate a lot of different things. We could argue a lot of different things about Bill Belichick, about the New England Patriots. Uh, but one thing I think everybody agrees on is that they are a team that just doesn't beat themselves. You know, they, they lose games, without a doubt. They, they lost one to the Dolphins last yeah. week where they, where they didn't look very solid. But you never are 
you know, you, you never get done with a game against New England and go, oh, man, wow, we really stole one there, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> because to beat them, you have to beat them. You have to be better than them because they rarely ever do anything to beat themselves. Uh, turnovers, penalties, negative plays, that is, you know, that's always been one of the the benchmarks of Bill Belichick teams is that you better be buttoned up and you better not slip up because if you do, that's the just – the little inch that they need to take advantage. And, and a lot of times that's been the difference for them over these last, you know, 20 years or so where they've had a lot of success. Uh, you, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be buttoned up and you can't do anything to hurt your own cause against these guys. Absolutely. You know, I, I think about it right now. I mean, we're looking at a team that doesn't have a Richard Seymour. doesn't have a Teddy Bruschi. doesn't right. have a Tom Brady. doesn't have a Randy Moss. doesn't have a, you know, a lot of the, uh, the superstars that they've had in the past. You know, I mean, this is this is a team. Uh, I won't call them nameless gray faces, but uh, kind of they're nameless gray faces. <laughs> you know, I yeah. know. But Mike always says, "Never say never, but never." Well, you know, the fact of the matter is, is you look at this team. I mean, the, the Steelers had eight for fifty-nine. Well, the the uh, Patriots they had what three for fifteen or something like that. You know, in, in Miami, only three penalties. You know, and that's one of the things that you were talking about, which is a great point. Look, they're not going to cannibalize themselves, all right? They're, they're a team that generally, as you said, very little on the negative plays, although uncharacteristically they had three turnovers in the game against the Dolphs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, some things are leaking here a little bit for this club, and one of them is the low back of Mac Jones, and the the gurgulating stomach. I guess he had some stomach issues yesterday, so he was kind of hurting a little bit. They say it's not COVID. They you know think he's just uh, you know having some issues there. I don't know whether he can't digest or what you know. <laughs> but get some garlic, young man. Eat some garlic. Too okay? many do- too many donuts, Wolf. He's been seeing donuts <laughs> and eating donuts. You know. <laughs> but certainly for the Steelers, and one of the things that you do is you, to pay attention to cleaning up on aisle five. That meaning your own business. Well, the, the Zebras were out on the south side there, you know, down in, uh, uh, you know, with the Steelers facility building the last couple of days. They got the ri- officials out there throwing flags. So it's it's been good. They they needed that. That's, you know, you get the officials there. They start remind just the mere presence of officials at a practice. It gives you that mindset that you're being watched, that you need to execute with good um fundamentals you need to be on sides you need to know your snap count you know all those sorts of things that you know fundamentally you think okay i'm you're just going about your business but when you see somebody in a striped black and white striped shirt there you all of a sudden are more conscious of what you're doing and that's good it's a reminder that listen you got to dot the i's you got to cross the t's you got to make sure that you are in position with the way you know the way, don't reach, move your feet, that sort of thing. You know, you, the little things all, all pop out. No, 100%. And those little things, quite often, when you're playing the New England Patriots, that's what makes the difference. And I know, again, like you said, they there's some nameless, nameless gray faces in a way, right? This this isn't your father's New England Patriots. Right. Um, there's, there's not the obvious Hall of Famers on the defensive side of the football. There's not Tom Brady under center. There's not some of those – you know, Gronk and and weapons that they've they've had in the past. Uh, but it's still a team that wants to play the same way. They haven't had, obviously, that success. But, you know, last year they were a playoff team. The year before that they were 7-9. Uh, you know, two years without Tom Brady, you know, losing 
your franchise quarterback, losing the only quarterback in, in franchise history for them that had ever won them Super Bowls. Right. To go your next year after that and go 7-9 and nine and then go back to the playoffs in year two, I mean, that's a heck of a turnaround, honestly, if you're if you're looking at it from 30,000 feet. Um, I I'd think, rather not. You know how high that is? <laughs> and you are, you are afraid of heights, aren't you? I, I am. I don't like heights, man. <laughs> you know, you think about that. I just get, you know, did you ever see the Red Bull guy that parachuted from, like, space? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm thinking myself. No chance. What? No the, chance. What were you thinking when they came to you and said, "Would you like to do this?" You go, "No, I don't want to go up to space and jump out no of chance. something that's totally functioning and keeping me alive." You well, know? well, if I have no desire to jump out of a plane, no, forget, forget, forget that. Forget a rocket ship. <laughs> yeah, they, when that guy went up in that balloon, you know, he goes up oh. and he's got this capsule. And I'm sitting there going, you know, you're standing on the edge. He opens the door. He's out there. You're you're in freaking space. You know, I don't know. Did, did you see an alien out there, huh? You know what I mean? Right, what? right. You know, you got space junk flowing around you. You know, what if you get what do you get capped by one of them oh. space junk things, man? UFOs are out there too, Wolf. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> Better watch it or those guys in the black coats are going to come visit you, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm in the middle of a uh, of a, of just a, a, an interesting soliloquy here at some point and it sounds like I get yanked away. <laughs> we know what happens. You just, just, you know, just keep the show going. I the guess. guys in the black suits, they came to see you. <laughs> There's Will a- Smith. <laughs> That's right, Wilson. He flashy thingied me. You know, yeah. he pulled out the flashy thing, and now I'm just sitting here staring at the roof. Well, certainly one of the things because as I as I look at this game, and I've been kind of like rolling around my gourd, uh, you know, all week long, and, and and thinking about it, you know, this is a Bella Belichick team, just like we talked about the fact that they don't generally beat themselves. Now, again, they went down there and they had three turnovers in Miami. Uh, that's something that is very uncharacteristic. Low penalties, though, all that means to me is, you know, you got to be ready for um, field position. you got to win the battle of field position. One of the things that we'll get into as we unfold and unpack this is, you know, in the keys to victory, it's it's more. Now, last week we were talking about the fast start, okay? Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure and break out what does a fast start mean because it's not necessarily just points only. You know, yeah, you would like points. You know, at 217, when Minka swoops in like uh, this, the lone hungry hawk, you know, feeding on some some prey there, as he swoops in and scoops up that Joe Burrow ball and goes 31 the other way and for a nice, uh, you know, th- return and pick six. Sure. Yeah, that's the way to start. You'd love that. But I want to see the offense start and do the things they need to do. Going first out, three and out is not the way to get a fast start. No, it is not. And we've seen too much of that, you know, and I, I know it's it's a it's a different year this year. It's a lot of new cast of characters for the Steelers. But this this is something that we've been talking about for a few years now, isn't it? I mean, how the, the offense has, you know, struggled to to come out of the gate flying. How, you know, we I mean we we kept the counter last year, right? Where it was at one point, I think nine or ten straight weeks before the Steelers scored a, a first possession touchdown or maybe even had first possession points. Yeah. Um, you, you can't be starting three and out. You can't have all these three and outs like the Steelers have had. You know, it's it, we all know, well, if it, we're reasonable. We, we don't expect them to score every single time that they touch the ball. Oh, all every right? other time suitable. Uh, every, I mean, every like 50% of the time would be all right, okay? But we're not, you know, this. believe me, this is not um, 
You know, this is not a high school football matchup on Friday right. where one school's clearly better than the other. This is not an SEC team playing South Central uh, European Mississippi Tennessee State University where they score 70 <laughs> points, you know, by the third quarter and they've got all their fourth teamers in what there. What was that college again? South Central Mississippi Universe, uh, State University of, of Tennessee. Okay, I thought there was something in Europe or something. <laughs> oh, wonder. yeah, that's right. I yeah. forgot about the, uh, okay, well, you know. I wondered, wow, how'd that sneak in there? <laughs> well, that, that team sounds like they should be pretty good, actually. they got yeah. a lot going on. I think so. But what you, what you can't do is, you know, 90 seconds and have your defense right back out on the field. We we right. we know the offense is a work in progress. I don't think any of us are expecting them to score 35 points a game, you know, what with the numbers 31 points a game like we were talking during the Killer B era, you know, five or six years ago. But you also can't um, continue to give the opposition the ball back that quickly. You you got to be able to elongate drives. Uh, if you're if you're going three and out and you're putting your defense back out there every couple minutes, that's how they get to the century mark in, in terms of snap counts, right? You right. you have to at least get a couple first downs before you punt the ball away. You have to at least give your defense a rest. And let them regroup, let them reset, let them catch their breath, and maybe uh, try and work in an adjustment or two. It's it, it's only one week, but but that was I think of of all the things we've discussed, that was one of the biggest things that it feels like they can clean up here. I don't know if quickly is the right word, but they can certainly get moving in the right direction on Sunday. You've got to be able to elongate more drives, and if you're still punting the ball away. That's not the end of the world, but you need to at least get a first down or two in there. You need to at least, you know, work their defense a little bit and, and give your guys a chance to, to catch their breath and to catch up in between, you know, in between series. Well, one of the things that the great Dick LeBall always, always referenced was the fact that you have to give the opponent long fields. The longer the fields, the more plays they're going to run if you are coming up doing your tackling and everything else that you're supposed to do. And the more plays that are run, the more opportunities you have that somebody makes a mistake on the other side of the ball. Yep. You know, and so that was one of the, his his uh, manifesto stuff that we used to kick around all the time when I used to have Thursdays with the the great Dick LeBeau. I used to go down. I loved on Thursdays. He'd come out and sit down. I'd go over, sit over, and then it's kind of like he'd tell me the history of the NFL and how he developed this defense or that defense or or what it was like flying to the West Coast in turbo prop planes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or prop planes, whatever they call those right, things. Right, right. Or or the fact that he played on uh, before the first Super Bowl. He played on a variety show on TV with oh, a couple gosh. guys. He played his guitar and sang. That's awesome. How about that? That's cool. Yeah, I, I just I love that. That you know, be able to sit and talk to somebody like Coach LeBeau, who is just, I mean, you know, he he's forgotten more stuff than Salt I ever knew of about the earth. football. Yeah. Oh yeah, just just dynamite stuff. So, absolutely. But you know what? We're gonna step aside and, and head to the next one because we gotta we're, we're gonna go uh, we're gonna come back and we're gonna tell you our thoughts on how you overcome T.J. Watt not being able to play. For the next four weeks at least. More from here, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And Mixon gets a call. Oh, my gosh. Oh. He was part of the play. <laughs> T.J. Watt was there before Mixon got the ball. Gets the snap. He's back. Batted down. Intercepted. 
T.J. Watt jumped up and just took the ball out of the air, and this Steeler defense rises up once again. What do you do when the most prolific player on your defense, maybe on your team, all right, what do you do when he goes down for four? Man, that's the question that is going to be bugging everybody because at least he's going to at least uh, miss the next four games. We're talking about uh, New, Eng- uh, New England, Cleveland, Jets, and Bills. That's just the minimum, Wes. I mean, yeah. the loss of that guy. When he intercepted that ball after, you know, standing, he jumping up right in front of Joe Burrow. It's like putting your face right in front of the jugs gun. You know, <laughs> and getting ready to have your face ripped off. And he catches the ball. I mean, I have not seen reflexes like that since I was watching Bruce Lee movies back in the 70s, for crying out loud. <laughs> Jackie Chan for me. You there know? you go. That's a little more modern-day adaptation <laughs> to it. But certainly, you know, one of the things I love about T.J. Watt is you watch him methodically go over how he prepares for you. You talk about a guy who's got five five days out, four, three, two, and one. I mean, this guy is really buttoned down, as you like to put it, uh, in his preparation phase. And one of the things that I love to see him, you know, when he's on by himself on the sidelines, you know, uh, not this past week because, you know, he got himself doinked up. But in, in the past, you watch him, he's working his hand techniques, like mentally going through it. He reminds me of, oh, oh I don't I don't know, maybe the great karate master, Chojin Miyagi from Goju-Ru, <laughs> right? Okinawan karate. And he would, you know, work on his his technique while he was just talking to people and so forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way T.J. Watt is, one of these guys who really puts a lot of time in preparation and and working their technique. You know, even I, – I, you know who else used to do that? Antonio Brown. Yeah. Antonio yeah. Brown used to rehearse his – uh, getting off the jam techniques uh, all by himself. You know what I mean? Those are the superior performers who put in those sorts of training uh, methods in their in their preparation period. No, there's no doubt. And anybody who's been out to, to Latrobe, right, to the campus of St. Vincent College to, to take in a training camp practice or maybe uh, Friday Night Lights or maybe when the Steelers have done the, the fan days back at Heinz Field in the past, uh, you've seen that. You see it with T.J. Watt. You know, Wolf, I think you and I joked. There was one day over training camp um, when Max was out, when I when I was filling in, when I was right. du- when I was double dipping there again, doing right. doing the show with you and then the show with Moats. Um, and I, I think you and I, we, we were joking about during that day how it was like, man, does it, doesn't it feel like T.J. missed training camp last year? Because right? obviously the year before he was the hold in, so he right. wasn't really a full participant. He was just kind of out there doing light stretching and, and, and walkthrough type stuff with his teammates, but that was it. And then this year, I mean, my goodness, it was like the guy missed beating up on everybody. He missed being the bully out there. He was just <laughs> wrecking everything that the offense was trying to do before they could even get going. You mentioned Antonio Brown, too. He was certainly one of those. You know, I, I said in 2018, my, my first training camp covering the Steelers, it's worth it to get out here to Latrobe just to watch A.B. practice for a day. I mean, he is that him and T.J. Watt, you understand their greatness when you see them practice because they practice like they're going to perform. It's the same intensity. It's the same desire. It's the same work ethic. And, yeah, now you are you are certainly tasked um, with replacing one of the most valuable commodities in the National Football League now going forward. Absolutely. I mean, it's and it's intriguing. And, I, I mean, intriguing to me to see how they're going to go about doing this. Now, just – as a reference point, I grabbed these stats. Um, you know, the Steelers without TJ in the lineup, you know, it's like inflation. Everything goes up, right? 
I mean, <laughs> the Steelers are 0-4-1 without him in the lineup, Jeez. right? On average, the points allowed, there's eight more points a game when TJ is not in the game. Jeez. Yards, there's 31 on average, 31 more yards a game when he's not in the game. And first downs, two more. You know, that's just the minimum of, a, of an average that floats up. It doesn't even begin to account for all the big plays and big moments. And the one thing that you can never account for, and, and Mike Tomlin references this all the time when he says the weighty moments of the game. You know, how many times have you seen this guy, T.J. Watt, come across with just the play needed in the weighty moments, much as we saw Minka Fitzpatrick be, basically begin the game and end regulation with two phenomenal plays. Mm-hmm. But that's what T.J. Watt normally does. You know, there's a, a baseball stat, Wolf. I'm not sure if you've heard of this. You ever heard of wins above replacement? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big thing that they use in baseball, right? So if you say this guy's war, they call it war, right? Oh, his war. If you say this guy's war is 10, that means throughout the course of 162 baseball game season, man, they play a lot of games, you are going to win 10 more games with this guy in the lineup than you would without him. Okay. Really? So, you know, someone like a like a Mike Trout has a really high war. Like Andrew McCutcheon when he was with the Pirates, right? And was right. was phenomenal. His his war's really high. Some of these pitchers have really high wars. Wins above replacement. For TJ Watt, I got to imagine particularly on the, you know, for a non-quarterback, he's got to be at the top of that list if somebody were able to, you know, to do that math or come up with an equation to to to, to evaluate that for NFL players. He's he's got to be at the top of the list for non-quarterbacks in that regard. And man, those numbers that you just laid out, you, you can see it there. You saw it last year. I mean, TJ last year, he missed a few games last year. His presence in the it was felt when he was when he was out there, and you certainly noticed when he was not when he was on the sideline in street clothes. And that's you know at least there's some experience there from last year that you can draw upon. But last year as well too, he never missed consecutive weeks. Now it's going to be we think at least four, maybe five, maybe six. you know it might be late October, early November before we see TJ again. You you've got to. Um, not replace him because because that's just impossible. But you you have got to figure this thing out pretty quickly because it's not like you know you can just say ah well you know we didn't have TJ this week but he'll be back next week and we'll be just fine. This is this is going to be a a longer term problem that you're going to have to find some solutions for. That's exactly so. You know I mean you think about this. You got seven sacks on the burrow last week. Okay, you did that primarily with a four person rush i mean they literally did not blitz that much anyway blitz nine times okay Jeez. against the, the the Bengals. so you literally are saying mush boys get after it you guys can do it you four up front and you depend on those guys to be able to get out there and replicate their their ability to dominate an offensive line that obviously had not played together at all as we talked about right preseason does matter Okay, so now preseason is that's that's gone. Okay, now we're into regular season, and it and everything's building off of this first first game that you played. But you know you got to come up with those solutions, and one of them is going to probably be you're talking about changing up your blitz. You know the, your packages. Like, hmm, you might have to blitz a little more. I mean, that's the that's the first obvious thing to me says that you're you're probably going to have to bring some extra people. Yeah, you. I tell you what, a big part of of the Steelers' success on Sunday, and really when we've seen this defense, you know, at their best over the last few years, has been when they they've been able to get after quarterbacks with just the front four. 
right? Right. With TJ, with Highsmith, with Cam, uh, with Ogunjobi. You know, at times, Stephon Tuitt was in that equation. Bud Dupree was in that equation. You had enough talent there in your front four that just organically you could rush those four, you could still get after the quarterback, and then that allowed you to kind of play chess, right, with the other seven guys on the back end and do some different things and, and create some different havoc back there since you didn't have to send five or six guys to to dial up the pressure. Now, you know, I'm not saying that that's not going to be the case because Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, what we saw from Alex Highsmith, those guys are certainly still capable, but I think you're right. You are not going to have the same luxury of just knowing, okay, we can deploy these four. They're going to be able to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. They're going to be able to get sacks. They're going to be able to cause havoc. And now we can do what we need to do with the other seven behind them to to help out our secondary there as well, too. Um, now I, I think you're right. You'll, you'll maybe see some more stuff with with Miles Jack. Maybe you'll see some more stuff with Arthur Mollette. We'll see how that all plays out on Sunday. But it does. It, it certainly it, it puts an onus on everybody, including the the coordinators and the coaches who have to you know who have to dial this up now. Yeah, exactly. So one of the first things that you can do is you take a look at the fact and go, I might not be able to get home with four. You know, I mean that's that that just sets that that tone right there. Right. The second thing is obviously you got to play Malik Jones. Okay, we know that. That's why they brought him in. That's why you know the guy. I think he uh, had what sixteen and fourteen sacks in thirty-five games, something like that. I mean, he's capable. Now he's not the biggest. He's not going to be the strongest on the run defense. He's not as strong as TJ, of course, or or Alex in the run defense, if right. you ask me. But he's still representative. And they also got Jameer Jones, who's another guy that, to me, you know, has shown some capabilities. Uh, he's he's looked good in preseason. Of course, it has not manifested itself in regular season yet. He's not really settled in with anybody. But they brought him back in. He's a larger size guy. I mean, he's 6'3", 255, so he's bit bigger than Malik Reed. But Malik Reed, remember, this guy was out in Denver. He was sub, mm-hmm. he subbed for Von Miller. All right, that's that's no, you know, just run-of-the-mill dude. You know, sure. or, or the other uh, Chubb, you know, yeah. the other linebacker. Yeah, Bradley Chubb. Bradley yeah. Chubb out there. You know, I mean, he's a – He's got some uh, high-velocity pass rushing and stuff. So it's not like Malik Reed is an unknown quantity. Malik Reed is some guy you pulled off of the street somewhere and said, hey, go suit up and, and you know set the edge and go rush somebody. No, but I, I think obviously um, you're going to have to make some changes. And what we'll do is we'll continue on with that thought as we come back. After this, you can catch Wes and I. We got Wolf, Wes, and the Ninjas. He's a ninja already, and we'll be back with more on SNR. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 